Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or have low vision. Here's your host. Hello, and welcome to Changemakers. I'm APH's Public Relations Manager, Sarah Brown, and today we are learning more about The Hive's newest course on the topic of reading, designed for educators, but also helpful for caregivers. The course was developed through a partnership with the state of Ohio and offers a one-of-a-kind learning with access to unique, accessible resources. After that, hear all about our recent event that announced a grant from PNC Foundation that will fund the delivery of the first official program of the DOT experience, all in partnership with the Louisville Free Public Library. Up first, I have APH's Amy Campbell, along with Ocali's Shauna Benson, Angelica Gagliardi, and Christine Croyle here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Changemakers. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Can I get everyone to just introduce themselves and share what it is that you do? I'm Amy Campbell, director of APH's learning management system called The Hive, which is our free professional online learning community. It houses all of our asynchronous learning courses for vision educators and has an amazing repository of community resources. Shauna, how about you? Yep, I will gladly go. Um, I'm Shauna Benson. I'm the program director for the Teaching Diverse Learners Center at Ocali and um, do a lot of support around low incidence disabilities, curriculum instruction, and language and literacy access. I'm Angelica Gagliardi. I'm a teacher of the Deaf by Trade and now serve as an outreach specialist for the Outreach Center for Deafness and Blindness at Ocali, which is located in Ohio. And last but not least, Ms. Christine. <laughs> I'm Christine Coyle. I'm the program director at the Outreach Center for Deafness and Blindness at Ocali. I'm also a speech language pathologist who has provided direct service to learners who are deaf, hard of hearing, and blind visually impaired. So for my next question, as we get into this, we're talking about the Hive and all the wonderful things that it has and some new things. Can you talk about what you all have been working on and how it came to be from the beginning? Absolutely. I'll jump in first, um, only because talking about this joint project has almost been like a love language for me. So I have a lot of excitement for it. Uh, It's crazy to think that it's been almost two years since everything began. And, uh, you know, over two years ago, it was at the time that Christine reached out to me because, um, her team was hosting a unique webinar event called Unlocking the English Code. And it included really great content, not only on deaf and hard of hearing learners, but also, uh, you know, learners that were blind or low vision. And all of this came about because Christine and I had met previously at an international conference and I'm just really fortunate that she remembered me as being a Braille enthusiast because she contacted me about this webinar as a way to share the good news and say, hey, do you want to come aboard and participate, be a facilitator? And I was like, from that conversation on, I was completely hooked and our heads quickly came together and we started discussing how her team and my team could partner together to make something great that was all related around literacy. 
This is Christine. Amy, thank you. That's fantastic summary of how we came together. And I do think um, it all begins with partnership. And that's the foundation of Ocali's mission is partnership. So um, pulling together the data, the research, the evidence-based strategies to shape the policy and practice, it's what we do. So I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, working with uh, Amy on this project and Shauna and Angelica have the uh, specific content expertise that to talk about kind of what is this project all about? This is Angelica. I can um, talk a little bit about the inception of the deaf and hard of hearing side of things. Um, it's hard to do any literacy work at Ocali without pulling Shauna into that work. And so as we were starting to kind of think about creating some of these reading modules for uh, specifically for deaf and hard of hearing learners and the educators that serve them in uh, reading uh, Shauna was also working on a project that was um, kind of looking at access to the general curriculum for all learners and specifically going into um, ways to access standards-based instruction for uh, complex learners. And that project did have information about deaf and hard of hearing learners and about um, learners with who are blind or low, low vision. And then as Amy and I kind of reviewed some of that work um, as, it, as it came out, we were like, yes, and like, let's also dive a little bit deeper into some of the more specific strategies and the more specific research that um, builds off of the work that Shauna has already front-loaded for folks on the Literacy Access for All site. Shauna, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I'll just give a little backstory kind of connecting up with what everybody's shared. Um, I know my first uh, inlet, I guess, into this um, work and conversation um, happened. Christine mentioned we do a lot of collaborative uh, partnerships cross centers at Ocali. Um, and so I remember having a conversation um, with Christine um, Angelica, I think it might have been prior to you coming on board, but then soon as you came on board, our conversation started up exactly as you described. But prior to that, I know Christine and I um, talked about um, some collaboration around the Unlocking the English Code um, presentation and, and webinars. And so that was kind of my first inlet into this work. And um, we do have content that, that is a little bit more universal in the Literacy Access for All website, um, but we knew, and it does have little snippets, like you said, of information that include learners who are blind, visually impaired, or uh, learners who are deaf or hard of hearing, but we knew that we also needed to take a deeper dive to really provide more explicit and direct um, strategies and supports for access um, for, for, you know, all, all variety of learner with a, a variety of different profiles. And so we wanted to make sure that we expanded. And this was such a fabulous opportunity. When Amy um, came on board, we, you know, talked a little bit about um, the growth of the partnership outside of Ocali. I think it was just um, an amazing opportunity where um, every at every checkpoint, our team kind of grew and expanded. Um, and there's so much potential in all of these different um, layers of connectedness where the content can really grow um, deeper and be more specific to the groups of learners that we're, we're talking about here today. And I think I wanna just jump in. Uh, maybe just rewind for a moment to kind of bring together what exactly, I think there's just a piece missing of what happened between 
Christine, you calling me and getting to participate in unlocking the English code webinar and then this coming together. And so I want to see if I can try to put some words to that. Um, after the webinar aired on unlocking the English code, it was like my brain was firing on all cylinders thinking about all the possibilities uh, of next steps for developing content. Um, specifically, when I attended the webinar, it made me think so much of my teachers that work with individuals with visual impairments and blindness. Um, oftentimes, teachers are not trained in university programs to understand all the nuances and the sequences of teaching reading to all students. And then delving even deeper into the aspects of how low vision or blindness directly impacts the development of reading. So all of these things were surfacing in my mind and then realizing that with managing, directing our learning management system here at APH, what could be done to help equip specifically vision educators to navigate these waters. Um, if you have a student with a visual impairment and they're not reading well, there's difficulties. Oftentimes education teams point to say, oh, it's because of the visual impairment. Well, it's not always an access related issue. It can be content related issue. So how do we equip teachers to manage those conversations, navigate those team meetings. So Christine and I kept talking and thinking, wow, what if we came together, worked smarter, not harder, jointly on creating content that would be focused for those vision educators or those educators who are working with learners that are deaf and hard of hearing, not reinventing the wheel, but giving those ideas and those next steps of how to equip those teachers in those circumstances. So those conversations then bloomed into, hey, let's share our resources. APH, The Hive, you create something for visual impairment. Um, Christine, your team at Akali creates something that focuses on those learners that are deaf and hard of hearing. Let's um, bring in Shauna, your expertise as that literacy expert. How do we sequence the content, the flow, embed that research? And how do we create these two courses, but near each other? Mm -hmm. And and this content that you're that we're discussing today, where can it be found? Where can one go to find that? I can talk a little bit about that. This is Angelica. So um, the uh, VI course and the DHH course, their their names actually do mirror each other. Um, it is unlocking the foundations of reading for either uh, blind, visually impaired learners or learners who are deaf and hard of hearing. Um, and those can be found. Amy, the the Hive will host the BVI um, course. Is that correct? That is right. And you can find that just by going to the URL, www.aphhive.org, 
that's where we'll be housing the content for VI. And then the DHH uh, course is housed in our learning hub at the Outreach Center. Um, and that can be found at deafandblindoutreach.org slash login. You do have to create a free login um, to access that. And then uh, if you go under modules, it is listed there. Modules one and two are already out. Um, three and four coming soon in the new year. Um, and then actually the webinar that kind of started everything un unlocking the English code, the recordings of those webinars can also be found in that learning hub. And then the literacy access site, Shauna, do you want to talk about where that can be found? Sure. So um, as you go into some of the great modules that Angelica and Amy are mentioning, you may see some embedded content and if you um, from the Literacy Access for All website. And if you want to dive deeper into that, um, the web address for that specific resource is www.literacyaccessforall.org. I love uh, how Angelica and Shauna, you know, you're mentioning the sites that you have. I just got to capitalize that this is all free, even, even the Hive. These are, it's a free service of online courses and resources. Um, you mentioned, Angelica, that you already have some pieces uh, for those learners that are deaf and hard of hearing already up and launched on your site over here at the Hive. We will be launching ours sometime in the mid to later part of this month of January. So uh, keep an eye, go back and visit the Hive and see if it's on there. But by mid to late January, we will have launched what we say is the first three modules of the course for visual impairment. And then in subsequent months, we will continue to release a new module each month until we pull it all together. And the last one is released in the month of May. My, my next question I want to ask you all is who and how does this project benefit? It sounds like it benefits, obviously, you know, teachers and the students as well. But talk about more who benefits from these projects and these modules. Well, I'll jump in um, and start. And then just any of those loose ends. I know uh, Christine, Angelica, or Shauna, you can jump in uh, with the benefiting. Overall, what we've worked on benefits all teachers working with any re learner, regardless of an area of specialty. And that is because half of the content in each of these courses is sharing current research of what we know about developing skilled readers in the classroom. Uh, so, but also teachers, you know, that are specifically working uh, to some degree with any learner that is deaf and hard of hearing or a learner with vision loss benefits from this content. Because after learning about what all students need to acquire to become a skilled reader, each course then it goes down and explores that impact of blindness or low vision on learning to read, and then that impact of deafness on learning to read. This is Angelica, and I'll add on to that a little bit. Um, we were just talking before we we jumped on this podcast recording about how sometimes our TBIs or TODs, teacher of the visually impaired, teachers of the deaf, are left out of some district level PD, professional development opportunities, sometimes just because they are 
um, scheduling wise, right? That a lot of them are itinerant. And so they're hopping around to servicing students at the time that professional development is happening at another building. And sometimes it's because um, they don't necessarily see that it's applicable or the district doesn't see that, you know, it's applicable for them. So they're not invited to that table. So um, I do think for those students to, uh, for those teachers to know that this is available to them, it is directly applicable to them, and it still takes the learning that's happening um, in those those PDs right now, the most current research that is embedded throughout each of these courses. So they're not missing out on um, some of the research that's being shared in those those bigger group settings. Um, and also, I would like to also mention the higher ed level. Um, I do think that, you know, colleges and universities who are are preparing TBIs and TODs can really benefit from these courses being here, being asynchronous, having some learning checks along the way, having all the research um, in kind of one one area that is easily digestible, um, that is visually appealing, right? It's not just kind of the uh, reading the research and then kind of trying to see what you take away from it, but someone that's synthesizing it for you. Um, So I do think some of our higher ed institutions can benefit from that as well. And my, my next question, and you just summed it up for me very well in this whole podcast has, but in case there's anybody out there listening that still missed it, would you, would someone like to explain why this is a vital resource? Well, in my mind, I'm aware of a variety of existing online learning opportunities where people can go in professionals and take a deep dive into the science of reading and and what that means. Uh, lots of places to get that universal content. But up until now, we haven't had access to this type of information delivered as a broad overview of video instruction with then layers of that population-specific impact. That's that information and those strategies. And so in my mind, this is the first of its kind, at least in the you know study of blindness and low vision, especially as it relates to helping educators discern the difference between access-related issues to reading difficulties and then reading difficulties that are directly linked to content. And so for me, in a nutshell, we are helping to equip educators to identify the root cause of reading difficulties. And just to add on to that, this is Angelica. Um, One thing we didn't necessarily mention when we were talking about where you can find the resources, I think it's also vital because teachers are looking for credit, right? They have to renew their licenses and that's just a really practical thing that teachers have to do. Um, So these resources are free and you can get uh, professional development certificates for all the hours that you're spending in this learning. Um, And then uh, at least on the Learning Hub site, you can also earn CEUs from select providers for free as well. Um, and Shauna, I don't know if, if you're interested, but this might be an interesting time to talk about the heat map that was shared with you mm-hmm. and how, although our resources are coming out of Ohio, they are really spreading kind of nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as part of our um website analysis and usage analysis, we do collect data on uh, where and by whom the resources are being utilized. And um, the Literacy Access for All um, website, we do that kind of heat mapping across the nation on where the usage is uh, most prevalent and where we're missing. So from a marketing standpoint, it also helps us to target areas where we need to 
um, dig a little deeper and share the share the resources that are free. So um, definitely, we have representation distributed widely across the U.S. on the literacy access site. And I think part of that is because, um, you know, like Amy and Angelica had mentioned, there aren't a lot of resources like this out there that really focus on um, kind of general you know, access to the general curriculum under IDEA for all individuals, all learners, but then also taking that deeper look into what does it take, how, what kinds of supports, um, services, strategies can we infuse into that access, particularly for language and literacy acquisition, um, including, you know, building your language skills, your communication skills, building reading skills, building writing skills, all of those are so interconnected. And I also think that they're interconnected, not just from an ELA, English language arts standpoint, but also into other subject area learning as well, which I think um, the literacy access site has a lot of, you know, really broad resources across content and subject areas, in addition to language and literacy access. So I think this is a highly needed, all of these are highly needed resources and people are potentially looking for something that specifically speaks to them. We talked about um, the target audiences for um, teachers of the deaf or um, those teachers who work with learners who are blind, visually impaired. So we want to make sure that the resource gives really great overarching information, but also really specific information. And that's where I feel like these additional modules are really going to come in and build um, additional layers of resources and information that is super targeted. Um, a lot of times when you go to professional development, and I am a, a teacher of students with complex and um, low incidence-based disabilities, and when you go to PD sometimes, um, it feels like they're not always talking about your kids, your learners. And I think that these resources speak to um, groups of teachers who often feel left out in that representation, like these are our kids and you will hear about your students and you'll see video clips that include them. So that's the exciting part, I think, about all of these rich resources. We really are trying to represent everybody. And you know, one thing that just um, also surfaces into my mind as we are, are thinking about these particular resources um, that, that we are now launching is that, um, as mentioned there, more of an overview of the reading process, but we can direct those users to go into literacy access it up for all in order to have that deeper dive. But specifically, there is not a lot of resources targeted to those educators that are serving students that are deafblind. And I think that by going into each course, it gives insight into that learner that has deaf blindness that can then be applied um, to have a better understanding to give that access to reading. So I just wanted to throw that in. I think that that is an extra caveat to this, that it's a nice resource for serving the deaf blind population to have a better understanding about access. So my next question I'd like to ask you all is, what do you see for the future of this? Where would you like to see it? I always like to ask, you know, in one year, three years, five years, where would you like to see this, this program, this service in the next few years? 
This is Angelica. I can start us off. I do definitely see us coming together for an OcaliCon session. Our agency hosts uh, a virtual conference every year in November. I'd love to see us come together and present kind of on um, what is available in each course, what has been utilized, and give teachers some time to give us feedback and um, ask questions about each course there. Um, I know Amy had talked about a cohort. I'll let her go in, into the BVI course there, but I I would also, for the DHH side, like to develop some facilitation guides so that way districts can use this as um, professional development resources for groups um, and not necessarily just uh, one educator sitting on their computer by themselves taking this course, but really um, kind of in a more community setting and learning from each other, asking questions to each other as they go throughout this. Um, and really just getting the the word out that these things exist because I know when you're working in low incidence, as Shauna had mentioned, you don't always see yourself, your students, your um, situation, your, your students' communication needs reflected in some of that more district level, nation level um, packaged PD all the time. So I we want educators to know that this is there for them, that it's free for them, that um, it was a coming together of many minds and many, uh, many years of work. Um, so that way they don't have to do that legwork of searching and finding for the thing, that the thing is here for them. And that we're also here to, you know, answer any questions that they have as, as that come as they come up throughout the course. And I know I want to jump in and just echo back to that teacher training at uh, university programs aspect that there are opportunities uh, for those university professors may find different parts of the video modules as being supplemental resources for what they're teaching um, in their programs. Also, uh, thank you for mentioning to Angelica just about the, the vision that at least I have for the course unlocking the foundations of reading for students with visual impairments is creating a summer cohort learning experience. I have the desire of wanting to partner with residential programs across the nation, creating a cohort, giving access to this information to those teachers who sometimes don't have the, um, the ability to access those larger scale trainings that are out there on um, the science of reading. And maybe they just need some sort of an exposure to things that exist that then includes those layers of how the low vision and blindness can impact the access to reading. So I have a desire to, to be able to have those conversations with instructors that are working through university programs, but also creating that summer cohort that can get teachers talking and having that reciprocal communication and learning from one another. So this is Shauna, and I um, want to chime in a little bit here too, as you've been talking about growing our partnerships and including university faculty and programs and educators and districts for professional development. It makes me also think about how we all came together and how our partnerships um, established over time through these connections. And so 
future for me, I would love to see us grow our our um, group, grow our collaborative opportunities, you know, bring on um, other people who are passionate also about this work. And um, from a teacher perspective, potentially have examples and exemplars that are established through some of this work that people are willing to share back with us Um I went through this content, I learned this, you know, X, Y, and Z, and um, this is how I'm applying it in my classroom. And this is, these are the results that I'm seeing with my learners. Um, and I would love to hear those very specific examples over time. I think we can um, anticipate that some of those stories will start to find us and uh, hopefully people will connect with us over time to share those success stories. No, Shauna, I love, love, love that you included that this is an example of what we talk about when we talk about co-planning to co-serve to co-teach we're doing it here so it's also an example for others to see you can do it too and i think when we share it if we share um like the intentionality of seeking out partners even asking what may not feel like the natural question to ask like who else needs to be at this table to make this the best possible uh, resource that it can be? One simple question. So if you're listening to this podcast now and you're thinking, I have this great idea. Before you go one step further, ask yourself the question, who else needs to be at the table to make this the best that it can? Because um, together we can exponentially increase not only our product, but our reach our content expertise, sharing it across multiple platforms. So while it may not be a natural inclination, go ahead and ask yourself that question. And this intentional partnering positively impacts the projects and the partners in ways that are like way beyond just this thing that sits on a website. Because of the partnership we have with APH, I now know about additional uh, experts in the field. I could reach out to Amy anytime through a text message, through an email, and she responds right away. I love having that connection with other professionals in the field. So um, if you're thinking about something you can do your, all by yourself, you just might be thinking a little too small. So reconsider intentional partnership and think big. And Christine, I love that. This is Angelica. I think that can be applied in the classroom as well, right? This, this lesson plan, who could be... It, how could we make greater access to this lesson plan for more kids if the SLP was at the table or if the TBI was at the table or if the OT was at the table, right? So I think just thinking partnerships as far as content development and thinking partnerships as far as in our classrooms every day impacting our students when more minds come together, right? The, the bigger the benefit for everybody involved and the more access that's created when more minds are kind of looking at um, access needs from all perspectives. Amy, you mentioned that for APH, all of this content is going to be found through the Hive. Can you briefly explain what the Hive is for those who might not know? Um, we've had the Hive on the podcast before, but do you mind just giving a brief explanation of the Hive and what it provides? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the Hive has, you know, we've been in existence for about two and a half years, and it is our contribution to the field for online professional learning that really is aimed at helping to equip those 
educators that are serving students with visual impairments, but also professionalizing parenthood. Um, our families know our students best, and this is also a hub that they can go into and whether they want to enroll in a course for professional learning on a various topics, or if they want to enter into another pathway of learning that we have in the Hive that is called uh, Professional Communities, where it's a repository of just archived content that is really specific to all the different roles of individuals that are working with learners that have their visual impairments. And, you know, the, the last part of the hive that makes it unique is that we have incorporated discussion boards. So now people can go in and have that, in, that additional engagement, that reciprocal communication and collaboration where we can expand the conversation, expand the learning beyond just looking at a resource or taking a course and continuing to learn from one another. So the Hive is that place in my mind for visual impairment, but it's also not just something that is stamped with APH. It is a community place where you can find resources within our professional community um, where we want to house those things. We are working collaboratively on developing courses, just like this has been exemplified with this partnership between APH and Ocali. So we look at it as a place where everyone belongs and that everyone has a place for learning. And um, it's just a shared experience. So going into the APH Hive, all you need is a username and a password. That username is an email, as simple as an email address. It's completely free. And you have access at your fingertips of just many different opportunities to learn more. And then for the Ocali team, Christine, Angelica, Shauna, um, would you mind just to explain what Ocali does, the services that can be found on your website as well? Sure. This is Christine. I'll, I'll start with the Learning Hub. As I was listening to Amy talk about the Hive, the Learning Hub sounds very much like the Hive, along with Shauna's Literacy um, Access for All site. Tons of resources in print and video. Um, you can search those. It's, they require one ID to log in. So if you're logging into the Literacy site, you can also log into the Learning Hub on the Outreach Center. And if you're in the Learning Hub at the Outreach Center, all of the video-based resources that are offered there are offered in English and ASL with captions and audio description. So fully accessible. Shauna, did you want to add anything or Angelica? I think you did a great job of um, sharing a, an overview of some of the resources that we have. Um, Ocali is a broad reaching, as we said before, agency, um, national and, and worldwide. Um, we do have attendees who attend conferences and other uh, events from across the globe. So um, definitely a far reaching agency and resource. We do have multiple centers within Ocali. Um, and um, I'll let Angelica maybe uh, dive a little bit into some of those those centers. But we do have um, at website lots of additional resources that can be found there as well. 
Thanks, Shana. This is Angelica. Yeah, if you head to ocali.org, you'll see a drop-down menu of all of the centers that are um, kind of under the Ocali umbrella. Um, and each of those center websites hosts its own suite of resources as well. Um, so if you are an early childhood educator, uh, the Center for the Young Child is going to be for you. The Autism Center has um, a ton of modules that also give college credit, Ashland University credit as well. Um, so yes, we're here today to talk about specifically the Unlocking the Foundations and uh, Literacy Access for All, but the Ocali resources do not stop at those two websites. So if you're kind of in the rabbit hole or you're looking for additional credits and, and looking for uh, new learning to happen, or you have that one specific kid in mind where you don't feel like some of the resources that you were learning from kind of met their needs, um, please feel free to head over to ocali.org and um, search the um, numerous centers. Also, Lifespan Transition Center has a, a lot that would I think would be applicable to this audience as well. And, and just keep in mind that Ocali is a, we would call it a birth to earth agency. So not just school age, um, really, you know, cl infancy, clear through adulthood. Um, so there are resources that span every age range um, across the lifespan. So many, so many resources there. Um, I'm sure probably Angelica described it as a rabbit hole, but um, you can definitely get lost in there. Lots of good content. For awesome. educators and for families, I do want right. to echo echo Amy's uh, sentiment with the hive. Um, there is a lot of information for families on all Ocali websites and uh, learning modules as well. And then my final question I always like to ask, is there anything else you all would like to say about the, the conversation we've just had? This is Shauna. I'm just super excited about this partnership, about expanding this work and providing some additional resources that I think really have the potential to really help support people in the field, um, families around, um, you know, a variety of learners. So this has been a, a fabulous opportunity for all of us, I think. Uh, this has been a project of passion for sure and a labor of love. Indeed, and I, I know I am so excited to see how this uh, contribution to the professional field, just to see what will happen next with it and how it can really help those educators and families. All right, well, thank you all so much for joining me today on Changemakers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Up next, I have APH's Community Relations and Policy Advisor, Erin Sigmund here to talk about the recent event that celebrated our grant from PNC Foundation to deliver the programs of the DOT experience. All of this is done in partnership with the Louisville Free Public Library. She'll detail the very first event that was held a few days ago and what's coming in the next month. Hello, Erin, and welcome to Changemakers. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Erin, and I'm the Community Relations and Policy Advisor at APH. So I get the fun job of connecting APH to our community and then to our constituents in um, Washington, D.C. Cool, and welcome aboard. Welcome on to Changemakers. And you've been, on, you've been on here a few times before, so it's always good to have you on. Now talk about the event we just had. It turned out to be a really great, well-received event. 
Yes, it was so much fun. So on Saturday, January 6th, just two days after World Braille Day, we opened up the Northeast Regional Library to families all across the Louisville region to come in and learn about all things Braille with the DOT Experience staff and APH staff. So kiddos got to participate in activities like learning the Braille English Braille alphabet, doing Braille yoga, and utilizing Lego Braille books. They got to be introduced to um, new technologies like the Monarch and Poly and ways that APH is supporting kiddos all across the United States in learning Braille. And we got to celebrate with some cupcakes on the e at the end because, of course, it was Louis Braille's birthday. So it was a great introduction into Braille and to tools and strategies that people who are blind or low vision utilize in everyday life to read, learn, have careers, and be successful. Thank you. And an event like this, and this event is going to be monthly throughout 2024 and 2025. And these events are such a good way to keep APH in the community. Main reason being is because we are in the process of building the brand new dot experience museum here. So this is a great way to just get out in the community and meet the people who hopefully will be coming to see us in the next year and in some change. So talk about the next event. So that was January's. These are events are going to be monthly. So what's on the docket for February? Yeah, so I'm so excited about each event because these events every month are going to be glimpses into some of the stories that will be a part of the DOT experience when we open in 2025. So we're focusing on career stories, on demystifying blindness stories, on stories of history and social emotional learning, all of which are going to be in the, in the new experience when it opens. So our next event is going to be on Saturday, February 17th at the main library, 301 York Street from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It is an exploration of all things light and shadow. So we're going to be uh, have lots of interactive activities out there for kiddos to um, learn more about this spectrum of vision. It's a common misconception that people who are blind or low vision either have total sight or no sight, but people exist and thrive all along a spectrum. And so kiddos will get to get their hands on different activities to learn how all sorts of people live and, and see the world. This is in conjunction with a library event called Glow Party for our preschool students that they're going to get a chance to explore all things light and shadow with a fun glow party. So you can find out more about that on APH's website or at uh, lfpl.org. Wonderful. And is there anything else you want to share about Connect the Dots powered by PNC Foundation before I let you go? We are going all across the city. So if you are located in the Louisville region, chances are we are coming nearby to you. So check out that schedule on our website to find out where we're going. We'd love to see you. All of our events are going to be festival style. So you can come and go experience the activities that you connect with, walk on past the activities that maybe aren't your style and they are free to the public. So we really want to share a message of inclusivity and equity with the community. Uh, so we're gonna come to you. So please come and find us. 
Wonderful. Erin, thank you so much again for joining me today on Changemakers. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Changemakers. I put links to the Hive, Ocali, and Literacy Access for All in the show notes. I've also put links to the Dot Experience website and more information about Connect the Dots powered by PNC Foundation. So be sure to check those out as well. And as always, be sure to look for ways you can be a changemaker this week.